Good morning, God morning. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. It's a daily podcast, and I'm your host, Pamela Staten, dedicating today's podcast to Namimbi. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Anyway, he's a good actor. I went and met him last evening, and he knows the Lord, and I kind of liked that. I definitely liked it, in fact. And, you know, that means that God is guiding his path. Uh, You could just see the Lord in his heart, and I wish him the best. So, dedicating to you. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isaiah chapter 25, verse 9. Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. When people don't listen, remember Jesus. When tears come, remember Jesus. When disappointment is your bed partner, remember Jesus. When fear pitches his tent in your front yard, when death looms, when anger simmers, when shame weighs heavily, remember Jesus. Listeners, remember the eyes of God that wept human tears. Amen. And now to pray a litany of prayers from commanding your morning. Close your, nope, sorry, gaze up to heaven and pray with me. Father, cause my will to work in perfect harmony with yours. You have put the seeds of transformation in my mouth. I will not let circumstances convince me that you are not able to meet my needs today. I will remind my circumstances of the greatness of my God. Like David, I will run to you in times of distress. I will not run away from you. My help comes only from you. So thank you for giving me an overriding sense of peace, love, mercy, favor, and the absolute assurance that you are in control. In the name of Jesus, amen. Pray with me. Father, like Jacob, I won't let go of you until you bless me. I won't let go until change comes. I press through in prayer for a breakthrough. I need you, God. Without you, I can do nothing. You are my only hope for the answers I seek. Help me to pray more, praise more, give more, believe more, and hope more. Give me a fortified mind that is stable and resolute in faith that is steadfast and unfaltering, bring stability to my emotions. I praise you in advance for the great things that you are going to do in and through me today. In the name of Jesus.
Amen. I am your ambassador representing your kingdom in the earth. I pray from a place of victory because you have already conquered the enemy. When I pray in your name according to your word, my request is as good as done. I just need to wait for it to manifest. Thank you, Father, for giving me authority in your name, authority that empowers me to defeat the enemy and overcome every obstacle in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, I draw close to you through prayer. I listen for your instructions and I pray that your will will come into the earth. But the point of prayer is not merely to accomplish the mission I've been assigned, but also to fellowship with you. Thank you for showing me my unique purpose as I spend time in your presence. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Matthew 6, 6, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet place, secluded place, so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to see his grace. Amen. Listeners, to a certain extent, learning to pray is a trial and error experience. On many levels, prayer is as simple as opening our hearts to heaven and telling God how we feel, but it's also sublime. A lifetime spent in prayer will never be monotonous unless we pull back and stop growing in its practice. It is a unique journey that God has designed for each of us. That is not to say that we can't learn about prayer from one another. Otherwise, what would be the point of writing all the books and reading them and reading books on that topic? But if all you do is read books, you will never really understand what prayer is all about. And I can tell you, you have to experience it for yourself to understand it. Pray with me. Father, let me never complicate prayer or turn it into a religious ritual. My strength today comes from getting quiet before you telling you what's on my heart, and then listening to hear what is on yours. It is so simple, and yet it is the most important thing that I will do today. Thank you, Father. Thank you for hearing and answering prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. Stay right there, listeners. We'll be right back with some more prayers. I feel a theme coming on. Here's God's way day by day. Luke chapter 6, 
verse 36. Be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. We do not have the right as Christians to harbor unforgiveness. I've heard people say on occasion, well, there are some things that just can't be forgiven. Like what, listeners? What is it that Jesus couldn't forgive in your life? What is it that Jesus says is beyond his ability to cleanse, heal, restore, or forgive in a person? Take another look at your own past. If God has forgiven you, he expects you will be able to forgive yourself. If God has forgiven you, he expects you to extend that forgiveness to others. Amen. In Touch Magazine. God's grace can impact anyone. And contrary to what many think, being a Christian doesn't mean adding good deeds to our life. Instead, believers receive forgiveness and a new nature by God's grace. Then our inward transformation results in obvious outward changes. Transformation occurs in many areas. For example, our attitudes change. Salvation by God's grace results in humility and gratitude. Out of thankfulness for this undeserved free gift flows compassion for the lost and a desire to share the gospel with them. Experiencing God's forgiveness also results in a longing to serve Him. This doesn't need to be in a formal church setting. We serve God by loving others, helping those in need, and then telling people about him. While there are still natural consequences for our sin, God offers us forgiveness and redemption through Jesus. He made a way to restore our broken relationship with him. What's more, our Father transforms our lives so that we will become more like his Son and reflect his heart to others. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. And then when I go to my Bible, my Charles F. Stanley Bible principles, <laughs> you ask the question, how, how, Lord? Can I avoid bitterness? Well, listeners, the unfortunate fact is sooner or later, all of us will run into someone who feels anger or bitter toward us. Well, what should you do when you find yourself the object of another's bitterness? How should you respond to someone's red hot anger that is aimed straight at you. Responding to bitterness with more bitterness leads only to a combative and even explosive only situation. So what should you do? Number one, tell yourself the truth about the situation. 
What happened? How did the situation unfold? Are you really at fault? It may be that you can't entirely reconstruct the event in question, but you try your best to honestly recall what led to the outburst. Number two, you wanna listen carefully to what the bitter person is saying. Bitterness and anger are usually the offshoot of deep hurt. Say something like, it seems that you are really upset. Can we talk about it? Even such a simple question may help to diffuse the situation. Although you may not be able to uproot the bitterness in someone else's life, you can stop it from taking root in your own heart by asking God to help you understand why this person feels the way he or she does. Number three, anytime you come under personal attack, it is very important to recall God's personal love for you. You may have made mistakes, but that does not change the Lord's feelings about you. Ask him to encourage you through his word. Number four, ask God to help you respond with his love and grace and to protect you from angry attacks. In Psalm 64, we read how David prayed for God's deliverance from the attacks of an embittered enemy. He wrote, Who bend their bows to shoot their arrows, bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the blame. At times, the angry person will attack by turning others against you with their accusations. You should not fear their venom because God protects and vindicates his people. Listeners, bitterness is a much deeper and more complex reaction than a simple expression of quick anger. It is a satanic stronghold and it needs to be faced in an honest manner. God tells us to be aware, lest any root of bitterness springing up can cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. When you find yourself the target of a bitter accusation or hateful personal attacks, pray for God's protection. That's all. Ask him to give you wisdom in, a, in dealing with the other person, as well as a healthy perspective on the entire matter. Your reaction to the assault is the most important issue with God. Your reaction to the assault is the most important issue with God. Hear me. Therefore, be firm, but loving in what you do and say. Amen. Whew. 
All right, I need to hear, I need to hear God's purpose for my life. So stay right there and we'll be back with God's purpose for our life. Here we are still with these themes, but we are on this journey together. So let's roll up our sleeves and just get our instruction. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Hello. Perhaps you've noticed that it's possible to attend church every Sunday and profess Christ yet not be able to express his love to others on a daily basis. Sometimes it's easy to embrace the intellectual aspects of Jesus' love, but quite another thing to let that love flow through you to a needy world. What's important for us to realize is that one of the primary hindrances to the expression of his care can be traced to unforgiveness. Often when we're wounded, we may be tempted to build a wall around our hearts to protect ourselves from more pain. Unfortunately, that ultimately isolates us from others and imprisons us. Thankfully, we know from scripture that Jesus came to set the captives free. And he does so not only through the divine pardon, he's given us through the way that he empowers us to forgive others. Listeners, Jesus will enable you to forgive those who have wounded you deeply if you are willing to accept his provision. So don't remain entrapped by resentment Ask Jesus to help you root out the bitterness and experience. Root out the bitterness and that experience. Forgive those who hurt you and allow the love of your heavenly father to flow freely through you, in you, all around you. Jesus, give me the strength to forgive and let your love flow through me. Amen. Oh boy, listeners, you see that that forgiveness just seems to be the last of the shackles that we need to shake to be truly free to love God the way he loves us, right? Okay, trusting God day by day. It says you don't have to burn out. Mark chapter 2 verse 27. And Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made on account and for the sake of man. Are you excessively tired all the time? And even after sleeping, do you wake up feeling tired all over again? Well, you may be experiencing some of the symptoms of exhaustion and what is commonly called burnout. Long periods of overexertion and stress can cause constant fatigue, headaches, 
sleeplessness, gastrointestinal problems, tenseness, a feeling of being tied in knots, and an inability to relax. Some other signals of burnout are crying, being easily angered, negativity, irritability, depression, cynicism, scornful mocking of the virtues of others, and bitterness towards others' blessings and even their good health. Burnout can cause us not to exercise self-control. And when this happens, we will no longer produce good fruit in our daily lives. Burnout steals our joy, making peace impossible to find. When our bodies are not at peace, everything seems to be in turmoil. God established the law of resting on the Sabbath to prevent burnout in our lives. The law of the Sabbath simply says that we can work six days and rest one day. We need to rest and worship and play. Even God rested after six days of work. He, of course, never gets tired, but he gave us this example so that we would follow the pattern. In Exodus chapter 23, verses 10 to 12, we find that even the land had to rest after six years and the Israelites were not to plant at all in the seventh year. Well, during this rest, everything recovered and prepared for future production. Today in America and all around the world, listeners, almost every business is open seven days a week. And some of them are even open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When we make ourselves available at all times, we are in danger of burnout. Listeners, People today are quick to argue that they cannot afford to take a day off. But I say, and God says, they cannot afford not to. Amen. Listeners trust in him. Some people feel guilty anytime they try to rest. But that guilty feeling is not from God. God wants us to live balanced lives. And if we don't, we open the door for the devil to bring some kind of destruction. Oh yes. Trust God that your resting time is just as available as your working time. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but take that as a good note. Wow. Let's shift gears and talk about determining our priorities. Why not? 
Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The best way to determine if God is first in your life is to slow down and ask yourself these simple questions. I love this. I love this. What do you think about most? What is the first thing on your mind in the morning? And what is the last thing on your mind at night? What do I talk about most? And what do I do with my quote unquote free time? If we spend only a few minutes a week praying and five or 10 hours a week shopping, then hello, shopping is a higher priority than God. If we spend 30 minutes reading the Bible every week and about 15 hours a week watching sports or reality shows or talk shows, then guess what, listeners? (laughs) Television is a higher priority than God. So the truth is that we make time for what we really want to do. Make your time with God a priority and you will enjoy the rest of what you do so much more. Raising my hand, raising my hand. What about your money? Is it easy for you to spend money on a new outfit complete with new jewelry and shoes or something for your house or car? but it's difficult to obey God at offering time? Mm -hmm. Do you find it easier to spend money on eating out than on Christian teachings and music that could feed your spirit? We all know that money in itself is not evil. But it's the love of money is the root of all evil. That's 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. If you love God more than money, you can do with your money what God tells you to and be at peace. However, if you love your money more than God, then you're probably going to get upset or act like you didn't hear him when he asked you to do something with with that money that you don't want to do, such as help somebody who's in need. Listeners, I challenge you to regularly stop and take a look at your life. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you where your priorities are out of line. Okay. Then follow his conviction to motivate you to seek a deeper relationship with God. Trust in him. If you need to adjust your priorities, do it today. 
Start today. Trust God and make whatever changes you need to make in order to keep God first in your life. He's got to be first, listeners. Think about all we said today in the podcast. Rewind, re-listen if you have to. But you're on the right track. Stay on course. We are getting closer and closer to godliness each and every day. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming to pray with me because we all just got our blessings started. Our God is awesome and he keeps his promises. Don't forget to do your acts of kindness. Bye for now.